This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Well, hey, good Sunday morning to you. 9.03 a.m. here on The Fan. The struggle's real in there, Jesse, isn't it? (laughs) You have no idea this morning. (laughs) I I looked down at the clock for your update bed when you're doing the golf story, and I was like, oh, yeah, if he finishes with with the British Open, he'll be fine. Never mind, though. And then uh, he went to the baseball store, and I went, oh, God. That well, might have been the best close here, ever. Here's the end of the bed. Oh, never mind. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, By the way, that tips uh, the, the, the pregame at 4, first pitch at 5.05 there for that. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, this update is brought, or, uh, more sports scores and stories in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're watching the Open Championship now. It is on Channel 8, and Jordan Spieth is having one hell of a collapse at the moment he was up by three shots going into the final round today uh which you know jordan spieth is uh want to do he tends to be in the lead quite a bit lately and uh what he's also want to do is to collapse in the final round if you remember a couple of years ago in the masters he had that epic flame out in the uh i want to say it was around amen's corner but i could be wrong he had a couple of uh, triple bogeys in there today he is three over par, and he just shanked his drive off of uh, the 12th hole here into uh, – there was a large group of spectators who just surrounded the ball. I so thought a fight broke out. It's well off to the side of the of the fairway. So um, Jordan Speed collapsing, and he's tied for the lead, as you heard in Justice Update, with Matt Kuchar, who is also eight under par with him. He's even on the day. Uh, and it's really just the two of them because anybody else still playing is at the four under or lower or higher mark. So it's just the two of them. They're going at it, and they're playing together, obviously, because they're in the final group. But for whatever reason, Jordan Spieth just likes to collapse at the end. And I hate it because I like Jordan Spieth because he's young, and he was good, or he is good. And he he doesn't have, like, this exciting personality that gets you, get you to want to watch, but he's got enough of – of a talent level to kind of keep you hooked on watching him. And when he does this in the final round, sure, it makes it interesting. It makes it an interesting storyline. And we're going to have a much better final round because of it. Cause Matt Kuchar is now tied with him, but man, this is, it's, it's not good for Jordan. Well, in his defense, I think, didn't he tie in the, his last champion on the last championship? The, I think it was, let me see the travelers championship. He tied for first. So I, he, I mean, was there a playoff? 
Imagine. I, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. I don't but, know if he won it, but you know, but he, you know, he still, he he was up there, you know. So, got to give Kutcher a little, you know, credit as well for making it competitive with Jordan's because it didn't look like yesterday, at least when I saw the scores, it didn't look like anybody was gonna gonna catch him, you know, at least for through the first nine. And but now. <laughs> like you said, I don't want to call it a collapse because golf is one of those things you just never know. You can one day you can completely amaze everybody, and the next day you, you can't hit anything. Well, so. it's amazing because he went through that stretch, and I want to say 2015, yeah, where he won uh, two of the four majors. He won the Masters, mm -hmm. he won the U.S. Open, came in second in the PGA Championship, and came in fourth in the Open Championship, all in 2015, which which is absolutely incredible. Uh, 2016 is, I believe, the year that he collapsed at the Masters. Um, yeah, I'm just reading on Wiki here just to catch up. After leading by five strokes with nine holes to go, he suffered one of the biggest collapses in Masters history. Comparing a lot of people compared to, to Greg Norman's meltdown. Bogey is at 10 and 11. He hit two balls in the water at the par three 12 quadruple bogey that hole, and it dropped him to fourth. So in three holes, he went from five shots up with nine to go to tied for four, three shots back. Um, and it kind of became a thing where all of a sudden people expected him to collapse. And now, I think he hasn't fully collapsed yet. Let's not let's not get over. And our, I, our, our I head think of it's stuff here, like but. that that really puts into context how pressure filled golf actually is. You know, I think people kind of tend to forget or maybe not even recognize at all um, the patience and the just the, the the mechanics that go into having a great golf swing and having a great game overall. Like, I know for a fact I can't play golf. I'm awful at it. You know, we went to the driving range together, guys, and, you know, we were just all kind of – remember Jesse lost his uh, I, I driver over I was definitely not, not the best you know? there. So, no. And so it, it, just Jordan Spieth is considered among the best golfers in the world, possibly the best golfer in the world and he melted like that you know and we've seen tiger woods who was the greatest golfer in the world just melt not completely melt down but blow a lead or not be competitive at all so it just goes to show how how, how great number one all of the guys on the, on the uh, pro tour are and really how pressure filled these moments can be because jordan spieth has won some some big tournaments but like you said he's also some would consider choke them away as well. But, well, I mean, he hasn't played well, say, terribly. We got, we got a text at the Bridgeport Bridge text line that says he's he's collapsed at one tournament, not exactly a reputation. Well, of course he it's, he collapsed at the one tournament. I, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm not, I'll be completely forthright with you. I don't watch a lot of golf, but just from the vibe I got off of all the people on Twitter this morning, it was like, Speed is doing it again. He's falling apart again. This is what he always does. You know, I mean. Yeah, well, so I, people are angry, though. Well, yeah, that's true. But. So he's way into the high grass right now off, off that tee shot there. So I'm not exactly sure what he's going to do with this one. But we'll keep an eye on this for you. It's uh, it, it's interesting to watch the final rounds of majors. I And I, I do love watching the majors, even though I'm not a huge golf fan in the first place. Um, I want Spieth to to come back and win this, though. We, we have a message here on the Bridgeport Beers text line. Is Spieth the Oregon Ducks football of golf? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a little too early to well, say that. I mean, he's won, so he no. has won, so he can. He, and you know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, like the one thing we can't say about Ducks football is that they've won. Did he hit it to the, at the top? No, of the he's up there looking at what his shot's going to be because he's behind the mountain. Oh. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it's not going to be a good one. We can all should, agree on if, that. If you if you got a chance, you should flip over to Channel Eight and see. He's <laughs> he's at like the crest of this hill, and. 
there's this huge swath of high grass on a steep downhill behind him. And I'm pretty sure his ball is down there. And he's going to have to try to hit it out of the high grass over the crest of this large hill, which, by the way, on the other side is all high grass. Yeah, off Grimace's head, nothing but net. That's uh, so I don't know what he's going to do. Now, he certainly has the ability to do that, but... Man, that, that's not going to be pretty. This could be a really bad hole for him. Look at how thick that grass is. Is that speed up there? Yeah. Oh, from the white hat and the blue. Yeah, I think it's safe to shirt. say that he's not going to win this tournament if these are the shots he's going to have to make. <laughs> Unless he does some happy Gilmore type stuff and the ball goes down the hoot, down the tube and, and everything, then I don't think he's going to win this tournament at this point. Well, not if he's got to make a lot of shots from there. Kucher's also in the, uh, in the rough, but nowhere near as bad as where. Jordan Spieth is. Uh, so we'll keep you up to date on this. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm not, neither of us are big golf guys. We like watching it because it's fun, but you know, we're not going to break it down as no, if we you know, listen to swag for that, as if we know what we're talking about. So we'll just keep you up to date with it. Uh, from this point on, we got lots of good stuff coming up on the show today. We just, we looked at the calendar and the NFL season is less than eight weeks away. Yes, it is. And you know what we normally do? Every year leading up to the season is once a week. We'll talk about a division, find out some of the storylines from that division, and kind of just start greasing the wheels a bit on NFL previews. We'll start getting you thinking about the NFL a little bit. So last week we started with football by talking the Pac-12, doing a very early preview. Today we will begin our divisional NFL previews like we do every single year. So in the 10 o'clock hour, 10 and 10.15, we will be talking about your Super Bowl champion. Woo! New England Patriots, as well as the rest of the AFC East. So we'll be mostly talking about the Patriots <laughs> and uh, a couple of other teams that will try to do anything they can to finish four games back or better in the AFC East. It's a, it's not the best division of football, really, is Which it? is why we're starting there. Yeah, I think you could either say the AFC South, although that's improving now, or the AFC East, because the Patriots are incredible, but everybody else in that Yeah, I think, this, I think more than anything, that the East is just not interesting at all i mean it's it's the patriots and everybody else and everyone else at least the south there's a lot happening there so yeah so we'll talk about that 10 and 10 15 we also got some nba coming up next kyrie irving once out we thought the nba offseason was simmering down a bit and we were going to get back to normal but <laughs> not so fast my in friend. cleveland fashion kyrie irving comes out and says i want to be traded so we'll talk about that next and then we'll also if we have time get to maybe some Blazers and maybe some O.J. Simpson being uh, paroled this week, depending on how much time we do have at the end of the 9 o'clock hour. So that's all coming up. Uh, you can text us at the Bridgeport Beers text on to 55305. Tweet at us at 1080thefan, at Mike Lynch 27 at TaylorMade503, and at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. And uh, we will be back next to discuss Kyrie Irving wanting out of LeBron's shadow. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.16 a.m. here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Spieth still hasn't taken a shot. He's wandering. He, he, I put the sound on for a second to try to figure out what was going on. And they said he was trying to keep a straight line from where it was. So I think he's going to drop the ball and take the penalty, but I don't know where he's going to drop it. Yeah, Spieth is definitely not going to win this one. And where he's going to hit it from. He had to walk between, like, golf trailers. <laughs> and, like, there were, like, tour buses there. I don't know what. I think he's just going to do a drop from that point and try to, to take a penalty stroke on it. So, again, we'll, we'll keep you up to date on that one. The biggest story of the week happened 
fairly late. What was it? Thursday of this week, Friday of this week, somewhere around there. And I think it was Friday. It just kind of, it just kind of happened. We were all ready for the NBA offseason to kind of cool off, right? You, you were waiting to see what Melo was going to do, but that was kind of it. Um, there was a little tie to the Blazers, which made it interesting for us here in Portland, but it uh, doesn't seem like that's going to happen at all now. And then this little story comes upon, comes upon us at about noon on a, on a Friday. Kyrie Irving, point guard of the Cleveland Cavaliers, wants out of Cleveland. He, a week ago, apparently had a meeting with owner Dan Gilbert. He requested a trade, and he said that he wanted to be the focal point of the new team. He was tired of being second fiddle, and I think more importantly, at least in my mind, he was tired of being the in the shadow of LeBron James. And it, it kind of blew my mind that he was asking for a trade, right? Because they'd been to the finals three years in a row now, won one of them, and didn't seem to be going anywhere. The East just got worse, right? The only team now that was comparable to them was the Celtics. And sure, maybe the Celtics would have beaten them this year. I'm not sure. But they really hadn't changed much of their team. And that's the same team that made the finals three years in a row. And he goes, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm tired of this winning thing. I want out of LeBron's shadow and I want to go somewhere else and be the, the focal point. And I think initially my, my, my first thought was I don't get it. Why would you want to leave Cleveland? What's the why would you want to leave one of the best situations in the NBA? And it still puzzles me a little bit. Uh, meaning, the more you think about it, the more you, you probably go, "Oh, well, he's tired of playing with LeBron. You know, LeBron's hard to play with. He dominates the ball. Kyrie doesn't get to be a true point guard. Yada 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 yada." yada. But I still just have trouble wrapping my head around the fact that you would want to leave a situation like that. Kyrie is just kind of proving. The type of player he is, and that's a very much me-centric, <clears throat> excuse me, type of guy. You know, he's uh, if there's any shadow in the NBA that you would probably want to stand under if you want to win, it's probably LeBron James. Just saying, or the Golden State Warriors. Like it took an entire Warriors team to be able to beat LeBron. You know, that's that's pretty much what what that was. So if there's any anybody shadow that you'd like to stand in, man, it's going to be a LeBron James. It's going to be a Kobe Bryant. It's going to be a Magic Johnson. Like, Kyrie is a great scorer. I saw this argument somewhere is who's better, Kyrie or Allen Iverson, and it was laughable to me. Well, Allen Iverson. It's not, and it's not even debatable, I don't think. Like, Kyrie is a dynamic scorer, but that's it. Kyrie doesn't defend. He's a point guard who's never really averaged anywhere over – four, maybe maybe five assists for his career, but you want the ball in your hands. There was times during the NBA Finals that he didn't have assist. Like, not assist. Like, yeah. not an assist. Like, that's what you, that's the point guard that you're going to get. But he had 30-something points, so I guess you're good. But that's not what teams are, are are looking for, is that that guard who just scores. Even Damian Lillard, who we talked about it earlier, he had something new to his game every single year. I think hopefully this year it's defense. But every year... He gets better at taking it to the rack. You know, no, that would be something a better if he actually shooter. became an, uh, not an elite, but a good defender that in would one be year. Great. That'd that be would be insane. That would be great if he was able to do that and everything. But I would I would sacrifice two or three Damian Lillard points if he played better defense. I think yes. he'd probably make an all-star team if he actually played some defense. Absolutely, he would. Well, in the West nowadays, I'm not so sure. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the West um, has every good guard almost in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, it's, it's really impossible. So, But I, I'm, I'm looking at that and saying, man, Kyrie is not a number one. Kyrie is a a two 
at very best, you know. And when your one is hurt, then he can step in and kind of take over. Kyrie is an assistant manager. Well, it's interesting you say that because Kevin Love is third key. I I could see Kyrie being a number one. And the reason I say this is I feel like our idea of a number one gets a little bit tilted or screwed up because of how well LeBron did with the Cavs when he had nothing, right? We look at a player who is by himself on a bad team and we judge him like how we judge LeBron, who, by the way, got the Cavs to the finals with a bad team around him. Um, and, I, hey, you can even say this a similar thing about Allen Iverson. The Sixers were better than the Cavs were for LeBron. But uh, he got them to the finals as well back in, what year was that? That was a good team. Uh, 2002. Or 2000, well, 2001. 2001. Um, that was a good Philadelphia team, though. Yeah, but, it, I mean, it, it was Allen Iverson. You know. uh, they had defensive player of the year, sixth man of the year, coach of the year. They were an MVP. They yeah, were a great no, team. No, no, you're right. But people use that as a similar comparison. As yes. I, AI was on that team, and he, and he pulled them to greatness. Yes. So we always look at these players who were on bad teams and say, why can't they do what LeBron did? Well, because they're not LeBron, right? So maybe, not maybe, Kyrie Irving is not LeBron, obviously. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean he's not necessarily a number one player on a team just because he couldn't get the Cavs to the playoffs when he was there by himself. Um, you know, we, we look at other players, and you mentioned him during the the prep for the show, was Carl Anthony Towns for the Timberwolves, right? A lot of us view Carl Anthony Towns as a number one player on a team. He is a, he's a stud. He's really good. He plays a lot. You know, he, he does a lot of things really, really well on the court. But the Timberwolves have sucked while he's been there. He hasn't gotten the T-Wolves to do anything good. They were supposed to be really good this year, and they were the same team as last year. So... Are we, are we now looking at Carl Anthony Towns saying he can't be a number one player because he couldn't get the Timberwolves to the well, playoffs? And I think you look at the fact that Kyrie had about four years in Cleveland to be able to really get that team to, to the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. You know, this is Carl Anthony Towns. This will be his third year. So I think this will be the year that tells us how well, now good the has, Timberwolves, you know. Well, now he has Jimmy Butler. Well, now he has – and things and things have changed. But, I mean, by year five, Kyrie went from 33 wins not making the playoffs to, man, we're in the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's that's because of – With of, LeBron. With Exactly. And so I'm looking at Kyrie Irving going, I mean, Derrick Rose didn't have a, a, a phenomenal team around him when he won the MVP. You know, just imagine if he had one shooter or one additional scorer, then what maybe they compete with Miami at that point. I'm not saying they beat them. But Derrick Rose won the MVP. We forget how how good he was. He's not as good as Derrick Rose was. Like, I mean, Kyrie is a great scorer. That's all he's going to give you, though. He's not going to give you defense. He's not going to give you uh, any any assist. He's, I mean, he's just going to give you 30 points. And in this NBA, where we're starting to focus more and more on guys that are distributing the ball, we got selfish players, guys that are considered selfish. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, averaging 10 and 11 assists. You know what I mean? Like, you are going to need to average more than three or four if you're going to be a number one. And it starts to, we start to ask, what what is a number one really? What what kind of defines a number one ball player? I think it's a, it's a good question. And I, I we don't really know if Kyrie could be a number one. I mean, because he's gotten better too. It's not like he's just been a stagnant player his whole career. And we also have to consider that Kyrie doesn't really need to pass the ball on the Cavs. Because LeBron also plays point guard about 60% of the time. And they've got a bunch. They, the, the style of offense is Kyrie can just be the number two and shoot as well. He's also the best at getting to the paint, by the oh, way. Oh, he's, he's phenomenal. In the NBA. Um, so that is part of your scoring. But it's, you know, he's, it's a very good skill of his. Um, 
I would be curious to see on on a team where he is the quote unquote focal point if he would actually be a more pure point guard because well LeBron's not there right would he average six or seven assists a game would he still score 30 or more and kind of be the main guy I would be really curious to see that and I'm actually a little bit happy he asked for a trade because I kind of want to see it right yeah I mean it's a it's a good possibility that he's actually matured into uh, a player that has to pass the ball. But it's just one of those things. Like, I've, there's nothing from Kyrie I've seen that says you personally, you are going to be able to lead a team. He will be able to lead a team, but he's going to need two or three other stars, like I think most teams are going to need. If well, that's the changing yeah. landscape of the NBA now, for sure. Um, but the, the – oh, go ahead, Jesse. Well, uh, I guess what I was going to – one, about, about the – is he a number one or isn't he? I guess, I guess thinking about it, we – here in Portland think of Dame as number one and I know on this show we've talked about Kyrie being better than Dame so if you put those little equations together I guess I'm like I mean it, it's Kyrie's kinda, a better scorer I, think, than I don't think Kyrie's better than Dame I don't think he's better though I don't think I think he's a better scorer Kyrie is one of the best scorers in the league there's nothing you can do about that much like Carmelo was one of the best scorers in the league and there's just nothing you can do about that but there wasn't just much wasn't much else he gave you outside of that at least with Dame he's shown that I can average seven assists like I can go out there and really if I wanted to probably average 10 if I didn't you know if he didn't pull up for as many bad threes as, as he does sometimes but that's one of those things. Like, Kyrie is not going to give you seven assists. And you have LeBron James on your team to get you assist. All right. Um, it's just – it's weird, though. The teams that he wants to go to, and if we if we saw the report from Brian Windhorst, the team um, – he's uh, – the funny thing is he has no – he does not have a no-trade clause, so he can't tell them where to trade him at all. But he said, I want to go to the Spurs. <laughs> I want to go to the Timberwolves. I want to go to the Heat. And I want to go to the Knicks. Well, he could be the guy in New York. Well, of course, the guy but the Miami. Knicks are going to be terrible. He'd be the guy in Miami, but they're again, they're probably well, not going to okay. be very bad. It'll but be good. so, it, so it, it it doesn't match at all what <laughs> what he wants. If it, at least two of those teams don't, right? If he goes to the Spurs, there's no chance he's the focal point. No. Kawhi Leonard's already the focal point, but the Spurs don't really have a focal point anyway because they play such unselfish basketball, and we're finding out that LaMarcus Aldridge hates that, right? He was frustrated by the fact that he couldn't be the number one guy there because guess what? That just doesn't exist in San Antonio. So Kyrie wants to go there because he wants to be the focal point. Mm, mm. No. Yeah. He wants to go to the Timberwolves because he wants to be the focal point. I'm sorry. Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins already there, so you will be – It'll be a big four, but it won't. You won't be a focal point. You'll and, be just part of the group, and you'll have a point guard that won't be able to get your possibly the most talented big man in the league the ball. I do wonder if maybe they would move him to the two because they do have Jeff Teague who they brought in. It'd be interesting to see if he would play. Exactly, I forgot all about Jeff Teague at the two. Um, then he wants to go to the Heat, which okay, I get it. Nice city to live in. They've got decent players right there. Hassan Whiteside's there, and Goran Dragic is there, and they've got they've got good guys, and they. Almost made the playoffs last year. They probably should have. And Deion Waiters is there, who's actually been playing well the last year. So I, I could see that. And then the Knicks? So you want to go play for a dumpster fire of a franchise that's probably going to trade Carmelo Anthony if you go there just to be you and Chris Stapps. And that's it. Yeah. And, and again. No, and $75 million for Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, good luck with that, Kyrie. Sometimes it's just better to understand that the grass is not always greener on the other side. Like, you're going to leave a for sure winning situation. And I think he's just gotten a little bit cocky at this point because you were not winning at all. You were not, you were not making the playoffs. You go from not making the playoffs. So that means you're the ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th seed to becoming the first and second seed and going to the finals three years straight. 
and winning a championship in between those those three those three finals, and you want to leave because you don't want to play with. Hey, man, ask Kobe and Shaq. If we put put our pride aside, man, we probably could have had five championships. Yeah, well, Shaq left. But Shaq was like, you know what? I'm not gonna allow this, and I, I want I want to be the man, and I want my own thing. And you know, Shaq got one. Kobe got two more. Yeah, they probably could have got three if they had just stayed together, or even more than that. Possibly more than Who that. Who would have so beaten that team? Kyrie, take a look at you know at at and the Mamba is Kyrie's like favorite person. So man, take a look at to what your guy did and say, yeah, I think I'm just gonna ride this thing out. Pippen and Jordan didn't love each other. But they played together because Pippen realized that, yeah, this is a good situation for me. I'm going to stay right here. It's just – so with all those teams that he mentioned, I look at it and I, and I go, you want to be the focal point, yet you pick teams where you won't be the focal point. So in reality, you just don't want to play You just don't want to be there anymore. You just don't – well, yeah. You don't want to be in Cleveland. You don't want to play with LeBron. You just don't want to be there anymore. And – to me, I mean, I'm sure I will let him make that whatever decision you want. You do you, Kyrie. Right? It's the same way I felt about Kevin Durant. I didn't, I didn't rip Kevin Durant for going to Golden State. If that's what you wanted to do, fine. You do it. You wanted to win. You won. Perfect. You did what you wanted. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your career, but it just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. To so me. Um, my question is, I wouldn't is, do it. Is all I'm saying. Which of those teams get better with Kyrie? I mean, like all of them. I mean, they all I mean so. Yeah, they all get better. Ky- but the, do the Knicks change their position they're in? Well, well, yeah, but they won't. I mean, they might. Well, the East sucks, so they'll probably make the playoffs if they add him, right? But they just won't be very good. No, it's still the, the Knicks. The way I look at it is this way: Kyrie is one one of the best players in the NBA, right? I'm I'm not saying top five. I'm just in the large group of great players. He is in it. Any team that adds him will get better. That's just kind of how I feel. Um, Hell, even if the Blazers added him, which is not happening, just throwing it out there, they already have two guards. They don't need another guard. They would still be better because they had Kyrie Irving, right? I mean, you can't replace 30 points. I I totally get that. So you would be better. Every team that gets him would be better. Which is the same reason I'm saying, man, Carmelo just doesn't work for the Blazers. Like, yeah, 22 extra points, but what else are they going to give you? That's kind of my thing about Kyrie. It's like he's going to give you extra points. And if you're a team that scores. And still a couple more wins, though. Well, I mean, I, I suppose. But, I mean, are those couple of wins going to put you in position to actually win? And I think that's the thing for Kyrie. Like, you're going to go from a, a winning position to one that might be not as fruitful. That's just all I'm saying. And I also I also wonder. Um, actually, we'll we'll tease it. All of this stuff makes me. Almost certain that something is happening next year. Yeah. And we'll tell you what it is next. This is Sports Sunday and the Fan. Here's Jesse with Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So somehow Jordan Spieth only bogeyed that hole. So now he's one shot back of Matt Kuchar going into the, look like the 14th hole. Uh, might be the 13th hole. This No, it's the 14th hole. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, Spieth's got a chance. <laughs> um, but he, he is slowly letting it dribble down his leg. But he only bogeyed it. His little plan to go in a straight line, what looked like behind the hill, and then hit it over it. He got it right to the edge of the of the of the green, and then chipped it, and then putted it, and just got a bogey. So good on him for making that play. It worked out for him, but he still lost the shot to Kucher, who just missed a birdie par barely to get par, which is a uh, pretty good luck for Spieth actually. So only a couple of holes left. We'll see if 
Spieth can rally back and at least get back into a tie position to force a playoff with Matt Kuchar. Um, this, so the, oh, look, can I just say this? This is kind of why golf on Sunday is awesome. You know, especially as sports kind of is winding down. We're in now what they consider the dog days of summer, not as many stories and everything. But when you have competitive tournaments like this to where – Like the major com- championships. Absolutely. And it comes down to one, maybe two holes. Like that's that's must-see TV. So. Yeah. It, you know, we, I remember I think it was last year or two years ago. Again, I never remember which year it was. But Martin Keimer won the U.S. Open by like nine strokes. It was boring. You don't want to watch someone. Yeah, that's up. not fun. You don't want to watch someone up by that much, yeah. you know, and especially because it was Keimer, who's a pretty boring person himself. Um, you know, if Tiger was up by a lot, at least he was Tiger, right? And you wanted to watch him. But when it when it comes down like this, it's just fun. And it's even those of us who aren't golf fans, it's like you're like, I gotta is is Spieth gonna hit this shot? How's it gonna how's it gonna go? So but yeah, we'll keep you up to tabs. It'll probably wrap up by the time the show's over. They've only got a couple of holes left, or at least it'll be similar timing to when our show ends. So we'll keep you apprised throughout the show. Uh, the tease I said was Kyrie Irving saying this proves one thing to me. LeBron's not staying in Cleveland after this year, right? We've seen no. all the rumors. We've heard all the rumors that LeBron James wants to go to LA, or at least he just wants out of Cleveland after this year. And it this just proves it to me. Like there, there's like it can be a conspiracy theory. John was filling in for for Suk on Friday, and he his conspiracy theory was Kyrie knows LeBron is leaving. And him and LeBron are doing this to get Kyrie a better team because they know that when LeBron leaves, Kyrie's stuck with nothing. So they're just they're all in it together and they're gonna they're gonna say this and they're gonna say he wants out so that Kyrie can go play for a better team because LeBron's leaving anyway. I don't know I if I believe that. that but I could see that though. It's a conspiracy, right? So to me, this just means LeBron's already told him. Like I'm, I'm not staying here, and everyone's going. Uh, well, I'm not staying where where you are. Well, then. Le- LeBron never said I'm coming back to Cleveland to stay. Read the letter. Said I'm coming back to deliver a championship. Which he did. He came back. He's but he's took Cleveland to the finals four times, and he's won one of those four times. He's done his due, you know, for for Cleveland. So he doesn't have to stay there and win three and four and five championships for for them. He's, he gave you the one. Be grateful for the one, Dan Gilbert. And now that I've given you your championship, go ahead and let me go. That's the, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. I think these play. I think players in football, baseball, wherever should be able to say, "Yeah, I've, I've done my due here. Thank you, fans. You've been awesome. But now I'd like to go do something else. What's wrong with leaving a job and going to find another one? The Cavs are an absolute mess. They're terrible. Did, did you see that they had a Jimmy Butler trade done, and then they fired David Griffin, the GM, and it fell apart? And then they also almost had a Paul George trade done. That report came out yesterday. Dan Gilbert wrote a letter saying LeBron was a Benedict Arnold and all types of stuff, man. Like, do you, that's the owner, you know. So it, does it shock me that they're still a mess? No, they had LeBron. So when you have LeBron, you know, you're basically putting makeup on a bear. You know, I, I mean, it looks better, but it's still a bear. It's just – it's amazing how poorly run that organization is and how – I want to blame Dan Gilbert, right? Because I want to, I want to, I, I want to say you're the one who's causing this. You helped push LeBron away. You know, you have now fired a GM that LeBron loved and that seemed to have made a lot of good moves for your team. You may have potentially lost out on Jimmy Butler and Paul George because you fired your GM while he was working on the trades. That's insane to me. Yeah. No wonder LeBron wants to leave. No, again. yeah, and, and mind you, LeBron has. 
uh, his 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 staff around him, Maverick Carter, uh, I think it's Rich Brooks, you know, the, the people that are around him and really in his ear telling him what decisions that you should probably make for your brand and for your family and all these things. And staying in Cleveland doesn't seem like a, a great decision for LeBron James, the brand. You know, that's it's, it's a great, great idea because that's where your roots were. But for the most part, now that LeBron is coming to what is the twilight of his career, like it's it's kind of winding down for him as, as he sits here at 33. I think now he's looking to do some other stuff. And, you know, he he's already one of the first, you know, I don't know if he's made his billion yet or if he's close to it. But I think LeBron looks at L.A. as a place that not even the Lakers. We, we keep assuming that he's going to the Lakers. And that's not necessarily the case. There's two teams in L.A., one, and one of them has been a little more competitive than the other over the past few years. So it's not to say that he actually is just going to go to the Lakers. I think he will go to the Lakers, but would it shock me if he... Because he loves L.A., he has a house in L.A. Absolutely, but would it shock me if he and some of his boys from the banana boat decided to go to the Clips? Not at all. Well, I mean, I I, I think it's smartest for him to stay in the East just because of how easy it would be. I mean, it, the East is a place where, as an aging player, you can take days off on more of a regular basis and save that body for those many playoff games that he is always playing. And, and, you know, you think about a team like the Philadelphia 76ers where they have a really nice young talent, uh, a nice core going on there. Um, You think, I mean, I, I, I don't think this, he would ever do this, but at the same time, he's done things. I don't think you would think a player would ever do. And so I think a team like Boston Celtics, another place where super young nucleus, a lot of talent, they, they, you know, they gave you a little bit of a little bit of a run there in the playoffs and you know, what's there. There's just so there's places, there's storied franchises. I mean, you think of the Boston Celtics, they're right there as the most storied franchise with the Los Angeles Lakers. And, once again, in the East, where it's real easy to make that run for the playoffs. Let me ask you this, and I know we're kind of switching to to, Le, to LeBron and everything like that. We kind of kind of started talking about Kyrie, but let's say LeBron does go to I don't know. You mentioned Boston. Let's say LeBron does win a championship in Boston. Does that end the debate about who's the best? Well, I feel like the debate's already there, though, right? Like people have already ended it. Well, in that's what the no, debate ended it is it's, now. It's, it's in the favor of Jordan. No, no, no. So I think a lot of people. What I'm have saying kind of- is, I think because of what he did against the Warriors last year, people have started to change their minds and are going. LeBron might be the best of all time, um, and I think at the end of the at the end of his career, I think there's going to be a lot more on the side of LeBron than you'd expect. I just think if you go to a, a, another team, you know, wherever you, he decides to go uh, next year, and you win there again. Three teams, you know, multiple championships. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Has there ever been a ever well, been a player? Or he has that, done no, it, but has he hasn't a, led them. Yeah, has yeah. there ever been a star player that says, "I'm going to go here and then I'm going to go here and become a champion"? Kind of Shaq, maybe, because he did it with the Lakers. I mean, he had Kobe, but he did it with the Lakers. Did it with the Heat. He kind of uh, did it with Orlando. Almost did it with the Magic. Yeah, so I so mean, he could be a, he could be an example. He, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess Shaq is probably the closest thing that we have to somebody a superstar that's been able to go to multiple things. But somebody just texting here at the Bridgeport Beers text line, he should go to the Sixers. He can ruin Ben Simmons' career. I don't think he would ruin his career. <laughs> I don't think I don't think LeBron would ruin Ben Simmons' career. I think Ben Simmons would become a champion uh, playing with LeBron because the one thing about Simmons. He drew a lot of comparisons to LeBron because of his ability to pass and the fact that he was already six foot eight and had a man's body. So 
I don't know. That could be that could be a scary thing with Ben Simmons, LeBron, Markel, uh, Markel Fultz, and the and the uh, <laughs> process. Yeah, yeah, that could be that could be scary. Uh, just an update, you. We are back to being tied at eight under at the Open Championship. Jordan Spieth birdied fourteen. I rescind my previous statement. Matt Kuchar parred, so they are back both at eight under going into the fifteenth hole. For whatever reason, the PGATour.com leaderboard is not updating. I feel like that twenty-minute gap between shots when Spieth was figuring it out. Uh, they decided not to update anymore, but through 14, they are both tied at eight under par, just about to get started on the 15th hole. Coming up next, we won't we won't stick on it too long, but O.J. Simpson was paroled, and he will be out of jail soon. It's a very weird story, and I, I felt some weird emotions about it. So we'll discuss those next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.50 here on your Sunday morning. I think we're doing a pretty good job staying on the clock today. I'm pretty proud of myself. We're trying to, yeah. <laughs> that was a little long in the last segment, but, you know, we've gone way longer before. Uh, so, well, don't worry. We've still got five seconds or segments to mess this up, so we'll, we'll do it at some point. Um, but this happened as well late this week on Thursday and uh, OJ Simpson got paroled from jail. He was in a three 33 year sentence for uh, holding memorabilia dealers at gunpoint with something to do over his memorabilia in, in Vegas. And he got sentenced to 33 years in jail has, and this was the first time he was up for parole nine years he served and he was up and he kind of did what OJ did. In the parole hearing, he kind of schmoozed his way through it a little bit, didn't he? He was charming and he was likable. And there was a, one of the parole board officers wearing a chief's tie, which seems like a poor choice of tie to yeah, wear to a, a, that was a little weird. parole hearing for an NFL player. But, um, you know, he, I guess nobody else thought it was a weird thing in, in the trial. But um, and he kind of he, he I would I don't want to say he charmed his way out because by all accounts, he was a model citizen in prison and. You know, he was the the commish of the 18-team softball league, and he was, you know, he was the guy. But um, was he really? Yeah, he, he led the whole prison's 18-team softball league. He was the guy. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, he was doing everything by the book, right? And he was being typical O.J. Simpson. But uh, not, not to say that he was – he he persuaded them with, with how charismatic he was because maybe he did deserve parole for this. But it definitely helps. It definitely helped. But – to me, this is all so weird because it almost felt like, and I know that's not the case, but just hear me out on this. It almost felt like a makeup call, right? Like he didn't get sentenced for the double murder, right? But years and years later, he gets sentenced for, you know, this memorabilia thing, which he deserved to be sentenced for. And it felt kind of like a, Okay, OJ's finally in prison, right? That's exactly what it was. OJ is finally behind bars, and now he can go, okay, he won't do anything stupid. Well, now he's out of prison. And I'm sorry, but do you think that he's going to stay completely out of trouble? Do you think that he's going to stay out of the spotlight? Do you think that he's not going to break his parole in some way or do something crazy? I mean, this is OJ Sim. He didn't have any remorse even in this parole board hearing. He never admitted fault. He never did. I mean, he's he's crazy. I mean. He's smart, but o he's crazy. O.J. Simpson, I, I think he suffers from 
CTE. I mean, I think I just think that's one. I, mean, of those I don't know things. if that's it though. Even no, I'm the- saying I think uh, there's there's a. I think when 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 he passes away and science decides to, you know, look at his brain and everything, I think you're gonna find that he's been well, okay. hit in the head like a whole 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 lot. But the, so, but a lot of NFL players have that. A lot of almost have. all football players have that. They but have. But OJ there's a difference a- between that and the, and then being like a sociopath, right? I mean, uh, you don't. There's there's correlations between the two. You know what I mean? We, we we've seen players go lose their minds and go crazy over over time because of it. Now I'm not saying that's everything because I think OJ was, you know, one of the, one of the biggest con artists that you know we've ever seen. You just talked about the fact that he was really charming and he was really endearing at his parole, you know, uh, sentencing or his, his parole hearing. So uh, here's a guy who knows how to talk. Here's a guy who was uh, a broadcaster for a long time and, and an actor, and he knows how to put on for. For cameras, so I'm not saying that he is unremorseful for anything he's done. Uh, I'm, uh, it doesn't I, sound like he is. I mean, it's but I, I, I don't know OJ personally, and from everything we've heard, like he, his demeanor hasn't changed from the OJ that that was nope. in the in the in the 80s and in the 90s. Like this is still the same guy as far as how he talks to people and how he comes across to people. And Dave Chappelle even made a, a, a couple weird jokes about all the times he met OJ Simpson. And was talking about every time he was incredibly polite. And this is after the, the the trial and everything. And he was always, you know, really, you know, really witty and all those things. So, you know, a lot of a lot of serial killers were. There's when you listen to people that actually have that interview where they tell you about their personal experience with OJ, whether it's typically on the golf course post post murder trial, and there's always that he's very nice. He's very intelligent like you said very witty but at the same time there's just this weird super creepy this elephant in the room like yeah you know that you were accused and i'm using the quote fingers here of murder and well he was accused of it he just no he was yeah yeah he was yeah (laughs) i'm using it because you know they they said they they allegedly yeah allegedly and if the glove don't fit but yeah you must acquit but at at the same time it's like i can imagine being this like uh, bro, I don't really trust this situation that I'm in right now. But uh, it's it's very mature of the NFL or of the Hall of Fame, at least, to say you're welcome to come to the enshrinement. I'm not sure if the NFL is going to feel the same. Is the, is the NFL owned or the uh, Hall of Fame owned by the NFL? Or is that like an independent company? Or is that owned by the writers? Like, I'm, I'm curious of who actually uh, owns the, the Hall of Fame that can make that judgment call. Because we know that OJ has been kind of a pariah. From the NFL, you know they won't show a lot well, of highlights. They won't, you know, they try to make sure that you don't know anything about OJ Simpson, the football player in the NFL. It's the Pro Football Hall Hall of Fame, not the NFL Hall of Fame. So, I mean, that going back to when it was the AFL, you know, um, b- before the the merger, the merger yeah. and everything. So, um, I I don't believe it would be owned by the NFL. I believe it would work in conjunction with the NFL. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's have, owned. I think they have their own. Like ru- ruling board, run you know board that runs the the Hall of Fame that's separate. Um, you know, I just my general thought. Then we got a break. Is I'm not comfortable with OJ being out of prison, right? Not that it affects me in any way, but like he's a, he killed people, he killed two people. You know, it, this isn't. I mean, of course he didn't get love. Don't fit. I know, I know, but he did. There Come are on. so many people, though, that have killed people that just 
weren't OJ Simpson yeah. that have been released and you're walking around with them. You just don't know about them because they weren't the juice. So you just got to think about it that way. I mean, That's a great point. Every day, well, I wouldn't say every day, but I mean, you've walked by people, probably been on a train, something with somebody who has been in jail for probably murder and you didn't know about it. It's just, that's how it is. It's just, he's the juice. I just don't, I just don't feel comfortable. It's very weird knowing that he's going to, I think it's in October, they said, is when he's going to get out of prison. That's just weird to me. And I, I honestly don't believe that he'll be able to stay out of Please believe OJ will trouble. be watched like a hawk. He is going to have 24-hour surveillance on him. There'll probably be a, 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 a ticker on him on ESPN to let you know everything, every move the juice makes. Doesn't mean he's not going to do something stupid. I'm just saying, I don't think that. I think he's going to be on house arrest for the uh, next. So here's an update from the Open Championship. Jordan Spieth eagled the 15th hole. Uh, Kuchar birdied it, so still only one shot up, uh, but Spieth is now back to 10 under. Kuchar's at 9 under. Spieth hit a wow. incredible putt. I don't know if you saw it during the segment. He he was he basically crossed the entire green with that putt, and then he <laughs> pointed at his caddy and said, go get that, and then walked off and fist pumped. <laughs> Yeah. So it was kind of douchey, but kind of awesome. Um, so it was a great putt. So a couple of holes left here, and Spieth seems to have gotten the mojo back, as this text says, choke on that. Man, yeah. Don't call it a comeback. I'll Been choke on that, yes. Rock him up here and putting suckers in fear. He's going to knock you out. That's LL Cool J. Okay. Like, you didn't know that. Well, I like LL Cool J, but I don't know that. No. God, you're like, I forget you're like 12, Lynch. I know. I am 12. Yeah. Um, LL Cool J, I knew him almost from first from any given Sunday. <laughs> See? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great movie, though. It is a great movie, and he had some good songs in there, too. All right, uh, coming up next hour, we will begin our official NFL divisional previews that we do every single year. We'll do one division a week. We may need to double up one week because we start a little late every year because we forget, but it's only seven weeks away. The NFL season is only seven weeks away. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? I, I do. I know it's like 48 days. Oh, are you excited for that? Absolutely. So let's get going. Let's do it. Let's talk some AFC East. We'll start with the Patriots next. We also have Hate It or Love It at 1030. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 